Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, Seth Lee. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Happy end of January. I don't know where you found a place to go. You started, you didn't know what you were going to say. You started like happy. No, I was like, I was going to be like, yeah, we're back again. And I feel like I say that every week. And like I was happy, like, I want to celebrate something. And happy then, peacemaker. There's more of it. Happy book of Boba Fett. There is no peacemaker though at the moment. Well, we still have last week. Oh, it's true. We do. <laughs> it still happened. I forgot what happened last week. I forgot it came out on Thursdays. It's one of those, like we can't. We can't no, push the we show can't. any later. I no, can't be- no one releases a podcast over the weekends. I can't believe that we revolve our schedule around Book of Boba Fett right now, but here we are. It's a little bit true. Oh, we got a hell of a show for you this week. You want to know why? Why? Because I'm on it? Well, we got the news. Okay. It's a couple couple news stories. Mm. We got this week in video game history. Is it going to involve another 20-minute diatribe about somebody? No. Okay, cool. L- unless you want to... It was less of news last week and more of a commentary by Zach. <laughs> Unless you want to bitch about football. No, there's nothing to bitch about. Football was fantastic last weekend. It's awesome. Because there's sports reports. There's talk about Peacemaker. There's talk about Book of Boba Fett. There's Spider- Boba Fett. Yeah. Spider-Man Blue. My God, the show expands so wide now. Such it is. A, such a wide show. Just full. Gaping. It's a real muffin top of a show. Wow. <laughs> Just exploding out over. And your questions. Yeah, why was muffin? My question is, why did you go with muffin top? I don't know. I think it's a good... I guess a muffin top is better than a bread loaf when you're talking well, about like things... Because muffin top can't be contained. No, and it it's, comes out over. And it's the most delicious part of the muffin. Top of the muffin to you. Would you not agree that the top of the muffin is the best of the muffin? That was a Seinfeld episode where they just... Elaine and someone went in just to sell the top of the muffin. And the, the baker is called top of the muffin. I mean, that that is a thing. You can buy muffin tops. That's fucking stupid. Just eat the muffin. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole muffin is delicious, but the top is the best. Just because that's where they put the sugar for you? Are you a corn? No. I Like a child? No. I, I mean, the three muffins I attend. Uh, actually, there's four muffins that I'm a big muffin guy on. Uh, and they're no particular what order. What a specific count. Well, yeah. Uh, blueberry muffin. Butter rum muffins. Say blue. Blue. Okay, you said booberry muffin. No, I said blueberry. You said booberry muffin. Even better. It's <laughs> you, want, you wanted a booberry muffin. <laughs> yes, I do. Like a child. <laughs> So, blueberry muffins, butter rum muffins, lemon poppy seed muffins, and banana nut muffins. Great. They don't sprinkle sugar over that. I also like chocolate muffins, like double dutch, but that's more of a cupcake at that point, in my opinion. We went to a place. I didn't want to go there, but we went. Welcome to Muffin Talk. Yes. Top of the muffin to you. Mm, yes, indeed. Uh, but I'm all, I'm all done with muffins. No, those are five quality muffins. I don't know how you don't like them. Including that blueberry muffin. Yeah. Uh, cinnamon chip muffin's also good. I'm a big muffin guy. It's a big muffin house over here. When was the last time you made a muffin? Baked a muffin? Uh, a couple Christmases ago. <laughs> so years. Literal years. Well, I mean, it's just much more convenient to buy them. Okay. I mean, I can make muffins. It's not that difficult. I can't tell that you live alone. But you mean to tell me that? Well, no. See, if you lived alone, you would also purchase muffins. But you have someone that will cook muffins for you. If you're like, I don't think I would purchase a muffin. You don't? No, I'd probably just do like a bagel. See, I feel like a bagel is more of a denser, breadier thing than a muffin. Like a muffin, just like a blueberry muffin feels healthy. You get no, some blueberries. It? What's wrong with a blueberry muffin? How is a blueberry muffin not healthy? The carbs and the sugar. What? Where's the sugar? I'm not getting blueberry muffins that are caked in sugar on top. 
<laughs> it's muffin and blueberry. I think that's how most blueberry muffins go. There's definitely sugar on top of most blueberry muffins. Okay, but not like a ton. And, so and also like... included inside the bake itself. Yeah, but that's in, and there's no sugar in a bagel? Not saying there wasn't. Exactly. I'm just, you're getting I... a denser no, carbohydrate no. out of the bagel. You told me a blueberry muffin was a health food. I didn't say it was a health food. It made me feel healthy. There's a difference. <laughs> so dumbass brain versus actual brain yes okay great brain (laughs) all right let's just go from muffin talk how is there a difference between dumbass brain and my actual brain i feel like they're very similar actually (laughs) because one of them knows one of them knows it's not a health food one of them just goes so i think you mean i think you mean brain versus heart is what you're saying it's a berry not a fruit we're moving on done with this talk (laughs) moving on to the news i never said it was a health food it's said it felt healthy yeah so, there's a lot of things that you do that feel healthy, but they're not. Think about how much gin you consumed. I never said gin was healthy. You said it made you feel good. No, no. Now you're totally changing the conversation. And on to the news. Of things that are like, oh, this is this is a pleasurable experience. Yeah, you know what? Muffins are a good, good time, but I've never said, look at this health food. Yeah, well. It has a blueberry in I it. I feel like eating a muffin is better than, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big bagel guy too. I haven't had a bagel in ever, but like with a bagel, you got to put some sort of schmear, like some cream cheese on it, and that just makes it more dense. I also like pastries. Good pastries. <sighs> Is a muffin a pastry or is it its own category? Because you get it at the pastry. Sure, area. it's a pastry. Jesus. Hold on. Emily, is a muffin a pastry or is it its own thing? Excellent. It's a baked good. It's its own thing. You're, I was right again. You're making me dumber by the minute. So we're going to move on. The bar was already pretty low. So <laughs> to the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Oh, God, that was painful. Picard. Of all the tangents we've ever had on the show, that was one of them. It was actually a solid one. People are going to agree with me. I expect comments. You know, i got a thick-ass omnibus here to smack you with. It's not that thick. I've seen thicker. Uh, Picard Season 2 had another trailer. Yes, it did. You really ruined this show for me. <laughs> okay, carry on. Uh, I, yeah, stuff happens. <laughs> what do you mean stuff? You um, can't just gloss over it. We get Guinan, man. Well, we we knew that. Uh, Patrick Stewart asked her on The View if she would come back, so we knew she was. Yeah, but now we get to see Guinan. It was. Uh, the the Guinan stuff is... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this uh, trailer and the direction the show is going, because we've done so many time travel stories, and we've even done time travel stories where we have to go talk to Guinan in the past to get her to explain shit. Yeah, multiple times. It was in Generations, it was in Time's Arrow, it was in Yesterday's Enterprise. That's three right off the top of my head. So it, it kind of, to me, it kind of feels like we're treading over old story. I'm also not that concerned with the idea of seeing characters of the past again, unless the, Picard's going to say, like, double dumbass to you. Yeah, because it had a very um, Voyage Home vibe to it. Yeah. But if we do That's get, how you have to talk to these people. <laughs> if we do get Q and Guinan in the same room, I do want to see her put her hands up like a cat again for no good reason. Yes. They never really flush out why... <laughs> nope. Just once, and it never happened again. Yeah, exactly. Why her, her race of people is just... Put really, up cat hands. Yeah. Does she have magic? <laughs> yeah. They never really flush out. Q's like she's a dangerous creature, and she's just like... It is good to see her, though. I also like how um, Patrick Stewart has the exact same cadence he had last year, like when he was uh, talking to her. He's like, hello, Will. And this was, hello, Guinan. <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's exactly the same. Yes. Happy man, happy old man Picard. Yeah. In, I remember you. In an android's body. In between my bouts of dementia. 
You know, dementia. He's got a perfectly normal synthioid body. Yeah. Uh, nice to see Brent Spiner's coming back. I didn't know that yes. before the trailer. Who's he going to like? He's, he's a soon. soon he's like, a soon. Which soon is it? There's like 18 soons and they all look Sooner the same. Sooner rather than later, we'll find out. Every soon looks the same. Don't assume what he is. <laughs> Usually it's it makes like, me sound racist. Like, yeah, they all look alike. He's just like, well, I mean, they're pretty much clones. So, I, I mean, yes. It's not really. I mean, you're pointing out a fact. There's a difference. Like That sounded more racist. Like, well, they do all look alike. The character <laughs> looks the same. <laughs> oh, my God. And I love me some John Delancey's Q. Oh, he's fantastic. This was a silly man snapping his fingers. With the goatee, an angry snap in there. He's like, ah! It's like a Tony Snark snap. Like, mm. Tony Snark? Yes. <laughs> Tony That's what Snark. you were during the muffin segment. <laughs> Where he's just snapping at you. It's true, yes. Mm. I am Iron Man. I, I said, like, I am Groot, though. I am Groot. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. No, you're not. <laughs> Batman would never work in real life. That's what, go, like, working Comic-Cons has told me. Like, everyone who, like, has, like, an oppressive, like, Batman costume, I'm like, that shit ain't silent. No. <laughs> it's so clanky when you walk around. <laughs> He's supposed to be a ninja, and it's very cumbersome. Yes, I would say Batman's, yeah, Batman's creaky leather suit, not gonna work. Or if there's like a fancier that has like some metal built into it, I'm like, I heard you coming a mile away. Mm, like bat armor. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I'm excited, but a little hesitant because I don't really care about seeing the past. I just want to see like cool future shit. Well, I think we're getting cool future shit. Yeah, it'll be cool. I mean, the Borg Queen coming back and all that. Like that'll. But like, I guess ultimately. There are possibilities. My question is, is like. I don't care about the year 2020 this is not the first time the picard will have to go back in time and fix something that's happened because of q like we got that already in all good things and i mean there's some good like time travel episodes like i really um those like sitting on the edge of tomorrow in the original series yep. or voyage home like there are some good i also like time no, zero i thought time zero was a fun two-parter it's not impossible to make it good but it just to me it feels like we've tread over this before also when they did times arrow like they created a big plot hole loop and the fact that Guinan was on earth in the 1800s but then like she was a refugee from her home world 400 years later five was it four five hundred years later what, 18 19 20 20 it's so, like 400 years later she gets around clearly but it's still it's just kind of i don't know plot convenience yeah. Guinan's where she needs to be for plot convenience yeah i don't know shut up wesley no, she said, shut up, kid. Oh, uh, that's true. That's, yeah, when Riker was... Tell me more about moves. my eyes. Yes, exactly. Also, <laughs> can we talk about the fact that she beats Worf up in a phaser range? I usually practice on level 12. I guess I could come down to your level. Shut up, kid. Yes. No, that's coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, early March. So not a couple weeks, like a month. Yeah, because... February's only a couple of weeks. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy has to wrap up in the second half of Discovery Season 4, and then Picard, and then Brave New World... All of the Star Trek, baby. There's just basically a Trek a week. We're going on a Trek. You're on some kind of Star Trek. Yep. I hate that line so much. It's not a good... It was a line the first time, and afterwards you're like, ugh. No, it was always bad. (laughs) It was always a terrible line. Hey, do you like um, Godzilla versus Kong and those, like, connected movies, all three of them? You've, uh, You've shown me the way. Well, they're getting a TV series on Apple Plus. Apple TV Plus, however the fuck you call it. Apple TV. Whatever. One of them. No, because I have the Apple TV. That's the physical thing. Oh, but yeah, that's the service is also Apple TV. I think it's Apple TV Plus. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever, whatever it is. Everything. If it has a plus, it automatically makes it better, I think. Of course. Or Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, HBO Max. Just regular Netflix, though. ESPN 8. The Ocho. Yep. 
a classic. But the series is getting spun off into a television show for Apple. Something, something additional names in their service. Oh. I, I don't know. It's... I almost... I prefer the idea of movies, but also we're at a point in television right now where TV just looks like short movies. So if they throw money behind it, it's hard to judge because we're in that a weird nebulous area of like what constitutes like week to week television. And I do think that they're trying to create a grab because right now they have Ted Lasso and some other shows that I think have done like okay, but they only really have like one kind of. Like, I need to get into Ted Lasso. I've to- I've been told it's amazing. Yeah, it's a good time, but they kind of have like that one staple, and that's only for a few weeks out of the year. So I feel like they. They're trying to create another tentpole. Mm, much like, you know, Netflix has its series and Paramount Plus, HBO Max. I mean, Paramount Plus is just like, hey, we're going to give you a new Star Trek every week. And I go, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be here for your new Star Trek once a week. Take, take my money, sir or ma'am. I tell you what, I think they actually might get more of my money because I have the cheap plan of Paramount Plus. Oh, with, with advertising? Yeah. And they show me the worst fucking commercials in the world when I'm watching like old star trek or when i say old star trek like star trek aimed at someone old, over the age of six mm-hmm. it's like hey do you have like bladder issues or weird buggy outy eyes or some kind of like messed up cancer so i get to watch all these geriatric commercials oh kind of like like when on sick days like when you're homesick or on a snow day and you watch the price is right you have to watch those like except i've never seen the price is right but yes you've you, never seen the price i feel I, like we've talked about this I don't but watch, it still blows my mind i've never watched any game shows did I even Jeopardy? I walk out of the room. What? What the? What the fuck is wrong with you? Never done it. You've never seen a full episode of Jeopardy. No. You've never seen like a full episode of Wheel of Fortune. I I guess that's the one with the wheel. Yes, that's it's Wheel of Fortune. Okay, it's not, great. It's not I don't know Cube what... of Fortune. It's not. No. So if I were to ever be on like a game show, let's say like in some mystery world, like I was on Jeopardy, you wouldn't watch my episode of Jeopardy? I, I mean, I woke up at some ungodly hour to listen to you audition for a radio show, so I guess I would. Okay. That, that's all I need to know is that you would support me in that. You probably afterwards, if I won or lost, you would be like, you missed that question, dumbass. No, because I, especially like doing this show, like sometimes there's stuff that you just know that's on like just tip your tongue. Mm, and yes. You just can't remember it. And then mm. the second it's done, you're like, oh, yeah, it was this. Yeah. So, you so imagine no, I, that, though, in like in the pressure of winning tens of thousands of dollars. I'm sure it's quite exhilarating. Increased. Yeah. No, I don't think it's exhilarating. That's why I haven't watched it. I don't. Price is Right's a fun show. If that's the over under one. It, it can be. There's a variety of pricing games. You're not supposed to go over generally in the Price is Right. There's, that's why it's Price is Right rules. Closest without going over. Yeah. And you're a dick like if you do it within like a dollar or something? No, like you can be like a dick and like if you feel everyone else is overbid, you can bid one dollar and still win the prize. No, I this isn't my thing. Um, whatever. So this monster version. Plinko? Plinko's a badass game on the Price is Right. I love Plinko. I thought that was its own separate thing. No, no. It's a, the, the game. The, like Price is Right's broken up into two half-hour segments. There's three pricing games in each half segment. And they spin a big wheel and the two best wheel spinners get to bid off on the, the best prize package of the day. And Drew carries on one of them. He's you know, he's the host now. He used to be Bob Barker. Right. Forever. The guy from Happy Gilmore. He, the guy from Price is Right, who's in Happy Gilmore. There's a great documentary about a guy who yelled out a perfect bid on a showcase, which is like impossible to do. And he did it. And the guy on stage said it. And it was a big controversy. He's not supposed to have like a perfect bid. It's it's wild. I cannot believe you've never watched The Price is Right. No. Or any game show. Why? What, like, what, do you not like? It's like That's fun ra- reality TV. I also haven't watched reality TV. Well, I could see that from you. But like no supermarket sweep? 
Uh, was that a Nickelodeon? No, that'd be like Guts or Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends of the Hidden Temple sounds like a drama or something. No, that's a game. It was a game yeah. show. Yeah. Where yeah. in the world is Carmen San Diego? That was a cartoon. It was, no, it was a video game, and then a it was a video game. Then it was a game show, and then it was a cartoon. Thank you very much. They created a game show to help sell video games. Yeah. Public television, man. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? See, that's the song from the game show. From the cartoon. Chronologically, video game, game show, cartoon. Yeah. Never, never interested me. Man. After all this time, I didn't know if there was anything more I could learn about you, and yet here we are. I don't know. Maybe this will be good. It's it's hard to tell. Like TV is so much different now than it was even like five years ago. Yeah. You turn like if you said this a few years back, I would have written it off immediately. But I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you put enough money into it, could be interesting. Show me a literally do a monster of the week. Like X Files with a budget. I said they that that shows existed. It was X Files. It was Twilight Zone. Could be done. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. The Flash. The Flash movie. Yes. They're getting an official tie-in prequel comic. Really? Pre-Flash. And if you miss Batfleck, well, he's all up in that bitch. Good for him. Yeah, just uh, one where you don't have to get Ben Affleck actually there. That's how you get him in a thing. Yeah. Not physically. (laughs) I don't care. Uh, Most movie tie-ins are crap, and even though they'll say that it's canon, there'll usually be something contradictory later on, and they go, oh, never mind, I guess it's not, so... I don't care. All right. Marvel's done that, like, with a number of things. And it's just like, uh, when you're talking about, you know, the overall scope of, like, the MCU, no one's ever mentioning, like, oh, yeah, and those really shitty tie-in comics. Doesn't come up a lot. And finally, the Batman. The runtime has come in. Oh, big. Have you seen this? It's long, isn't it? Uh, Three hours. Damn. It's like 2.55 or something. Wow. How much Batmaning can you do in three hours? What I was thinking is funny about like a three-hour movie. I'm like, well, you really have your three-act structure built it's into true. that it's bad three boy. Three one-hour episodes, <laughs> yeah. which I'm selfishly kind of like all for. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I hope it's good. You hate long movies, though. I don't hate long movies. You you have been on I, record as saying I don't like three-hour movies. I hate long bad movies. Like, I don't want to sit down and watch Zack Snyder's Justice League again anytime soon. I'm like, nope. That God. was a long three hours. It's closer to four. It was a long four hours. That movie was a long week. <laughs> but I mean, if you and I am hopeful that this Batman movie is going to be good. But if you just like let me roll around in that world like a pig and shit, like I'll be happy if it's good. <laughs> I remember distinctly saying I don't like long movies. Well, I, the downside of this one is like going into it, it's like, well, I guess I can't like I was gonna say I can't drink anything, and by that I mean like any kind of liquid, like a couple hours before it. No, well, we could go to Smitty's again. But it doesn't change the fact that I don't want to get up and pee in the middle of it. Well, that's why you you pee before the movie. I don't know. I'm a frequent peer. I've done pretty good the last few times we've gone to the movies. I haven't had to pee. I make sure to like pee beforehand. Just get one of those stadium buddies. You've ever seen one of those? I understand where this is going, and we're done with this conversation. <laughs> I mean, just know the technology exists. Oh, good. I can't wait for the guy next to me to be real thrilled about it. That guy's probably me. Never mind that. <laughs> Better than you just pissing your pants in the movie theater. By the end of Spider-Man, I practically was. <laughs> With <laughs> joy and glee. <laughs> I need the problem was like, should I pee? Should I pee? Should I pee? And then the second Andrew Garfield show up, I was like, Nope, can't now. Yeah, that was basically like, ah, I'm stuck. <laughs> and you're like, Can I have your can I have your cup, please, Jared? <laughs> yeah, three hour Batman. If you can't go three hours without having to urinate, like Maybe those advertisements on Paramount Plus are directed towards you. <laughs> I, say, I can barely go. An Maybe hour. those are algorithm ads that are found for you. I 
Oh my god, I'm such a frequent peer. I'm thinking they're algorithm ads. A child's bladder, like I pee constantly. Also, like I I intake so many liquids throughout my day. That's good. It's important to hydrate. The first thing I do every day is like pound a carafe of water. You mean coffee? No, water. Oh. It's in the fridge. Well, you just blah, 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 blah. like that's how you wake up. Yeah, I get up, pound a carafe. I like it because it's chilled. I. Then I have some more water, then I have my tea, then I have a fruit smoothie. Are you a... By the time I get to work, it's, you know... Got a question. Shuffle. Got a question for you. Are you a... Are you a nightstand water guy? Like, if you have, like, water on your nightstand in case you wake up and you need a little sip? No, I've been thinking about this, because I usually, as I get older, I get up more frequently to pee and drink water. I'm thinking about, like, I just want to put, like, a candle back, like, next to the bed, so, like, if That's I That's a hell of an idea. So if I have dry mouth, like, then I'm not knocking over a glass, like, I can just, like, lean over, suck on the straw for a second, swish it around, go back to bed. This is a conversation I had with a couple of friends, actually, today at work, and over the weekend, also, ironically, like, for some reason, at 30 all of a sudden my body's like like late 36 into 37 you're not gonna sleep all night anymore and you're gonna have to get up and pee i'm like what the what is this shit i would say uh every almost every night every other night maybe but like almost every night i'm getting up to like drink some water take a pee you know what the worst part is is when you do it at like if your alarm's gonna go off at like six and you like 5 30 and your body's like nope gonna go now it's the worst what are we doing here let's move on Talking about bran muffins and continents and peeing. This has become the geriatrics show. We're going to move on from there. Uh, that was a short news segment. Well, we made it longer with muffin talk. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> and talking about having this, to get up to pee. This is the time of year where there's not much on. And my plan to get a camel back <laughs> just to have with me. Hear those clicks coming in, baby. <laughs> that Patreon money's going to flow now. I'm going to lose Patreon. Get this man some Depends. All right, let's move on from there to screaming at streaming. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope, we're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. Two episodes for this segment now. One of which I completely forgot from last week. Sure, let's start with that. Let's start with Peacemaker, episode four. It was the darkest, kind of like grittiest episode yet. By the way, full spoilers on these. We just assume that you've seen them. They're short and more yeah. digestible. Um, I am becoming a very quick fan of the idea of we're going to almost kill Judo Master in this episode. And then he lives. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I love that it's like 50% of the episode so far has been him almost dying and being recaptured. <laughs> yeah. Shot him in the chest. He's just like, I just, I've never killed anyone. Well, you still haven't. He's still I, alive. I thought he was dead. I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing. We're just going to keep on almost killing him well he's in the title credits you can't kill him in the fourth episode sure you could the janitor from the first episodes in the title credits and he's only been in one episode i bet he comes back he's probably a butterfly could be no i think just the way that they just treat judo master is funny these yeah these kung fu guys they're real hardcore <laughs> i really enjoyed vigilante i love him being like just very upset in the car he's like oh yeah thanks you're really making me a better me. He's <laughs> getting so angry. I, I enjoy his sarcasm so much, and I enjoy him going to prison. Like, hey, let's all go around the table and say things that we're thankful from the black community. That was, oh, just. Like, holy shit. Oh, he is like. <laughs> to a bunch of white supremacists. Yeah. It was a good, it was a different tone episode, I thought. It was a darker episode near the end, like the last half of it. 
and I think John Cena again continues to be great. Like we see some like dramatic chops, like his interpretive dance at the end, and he's flashing back to his brother foaming at the mouth. Yeah, whatever that is. Clearly, somebody poisoned him, having to kill somebody for the first time. His dad's horrific haircut. I'm, I'm, I still love this so much. Like, and I stand by what I said, where I was like, "This is the best live action thing DC's ever done." Oh, absolutely. I, I still stand by it. I feel bad. I'm like, get out of here, Richard Donner, kicking you to the curb. But what we got? What three episodes left? Yeah. Uh, no, it's eight episodes, right? Four. Three or four. So we're like halfway there. We get our big, our first big plot twist. Which I I guessed about halfway through this one. You just how he's so... I don't know what that just was. Kinda, doesn't show emotion, really. Oh, oh, how I guessed it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, he just... I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's partially that, but it was also the... Who's the least likely... Like, there has to be a twist, and who's the least likely for it to be the twist about, like, oh, so it's clearly that guy. Yeah. Like said, I didn't get it like I didn't pick up on it like initially, but about halfway through this episode, I'm like, ah, I see what you're doing. Like the one least likely is the one who is the the villain. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. Not a bad twist. I'm no. curious to see where it's going. I don't know why that he's doing what he's doing. I also was like like full spoilers, but then we're being very vague. <laughs> I, I don't I couldn't tell you the motivation, but I I, I picked up on it. It was like okay, he's yeah. possessed by an alien butterfly in his skull. He needs no motivation. Well, the motivation of why is he killing the other ones or why is he hunting them? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe to that, become the alpha butterfly? I have no idea. Does this mean that um uh what's her face? Um why can't I think of her name? From like from Suicide Squad. Oh, Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller. Is she a butterfly? No. I would say zero percent chance. Okay, good. I would be very su- that one would actually surprise me. <laughs> like all along, she's been a butterfly, and yeah, I, I doubt it. No, I don't think they give James Gunn that much license. Like here, you can create a Amanda Waller, a diet Amanda Waller, and turn well, the fact that they keep on getting like Viola Davis to come in and do this role, I do like. Don't get rid of that. No, she's fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. It's the show. Still, it's awesome. Like, and I, it really does push a lot of boundaries in like big ways big surprising ways i mean and it's it just gives it also for all its foolishness and crudeness there's a lot there's a ton of heart to this as well like a massive amount of heart yeah um there is i think the the james gunn definitely hits a lot of the same formulas like the idea of like found family like like yeah you've done this before i've seen you do this but he does it so well you're like i like it i'm okay with this would you okay agree or disagree all right and remove we're going to remove the guy from the equation that you talked about for 40 minutes last week oh that guy does james gunn not like is he not the best comic book adaptation movie tv director of this this whole run like he just i feel like he gets it like his stuff is always knocked out of the park who do you think is or is it does it fit into like different styles like you've also i mean i think I don't think you're asking the question just verbiage, because when I think the word adaptation, I think that you are taking a story and turning it into something. All else. right, so maybe not adaptation. Who's is he? Not the best comic book, TV slash movie director right now. Comic character. Yeah, probably. And he seems to definitely like know his stuff. Yeah, he's he probably is. But if you're using the word adaptation, I think that is a different can of worms. Okay. But, like, for taking these characters and creating, I mean, it's a pretty, I mean, Favreau did a really good job with Iron Man. You had, um, I mean, I also love, like, Taika Waititi. <laughs> Taika Waititi did a really good job with Thor. I don't know. It just feels like James Gunn has yet to make, a like, anything that you're kind of like, eh. it's like, bam, 
It is good. The Suicide Squad, I still, I, I got to rewatch it. All right, I, I'm I guess not, you... I, well, I'm not totally in love with it, and I, that was a week you were gone for, I don't remember why you were gone. But what I said then, and I still kind of stand by it, it's like, I would like that movie so much more if I hadn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Because it felt a little retready, but no, I mean, I love, his stuff is great it, overall, yeah. Oh, and I also forgot the Russo brothers. The stuff they did with Captain America and with Avengers Endgame was also really good. Yeah, I mean, and the, the writing partners that have been on a lot of those movies, yeah. I mean, there's, Marvel's done a, I mean, a lot of these movies have been done with, like, really competent filmmakers do you think he is going to be what helps kickstart the dc stuff to really get it humming or do you think that we're just going to turn back to some more of the drab draconian stuff that we got with justice league with i mean we had some good i mean wonder woman was great i think they're gonna walk away from the interconnectivity overall and have it be a little more vague that might be they all exist together but you know don't think about it too much I think that might be a better road to hoe, actually, when you think about how Marvel, whenever you watch something Marvel, you're always trying to think about how it's connected into the bigger pieces. Maybe with DC, it's just nice to have like the small, like little, oh, yeah, this is Peacemaker. And, you know, he'll mention Wonder Woman. He'll mention Batmite or Matter Eater Lad. That was awesome because I'm like, I know those people. I get those references. I felt like Captain America in the uh, first Avengers. He says flying monkeys. Like, that was directed by someone. The person. <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on. I to thought that was a fair question. The next one. Book of Boba Fett. Best episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> Slash just the Mandalorian episode. It, it clearly was only, it was, which also kind of surprising. Did not see that coming. I figured that he would play into it, but I didn't know that he'd get his whole episode. Yeah. So that tells me like, oh, we really didn't have enough boba fett story to tell so let's toss in a mandalorian episode i felt kind of sad like uh, like hey he's here like he has two cool weapons now that's one too many cool weapons get rid of the pokey stick yeah let's melt that down into a chainmail shirt for grogu yeah gets his own little mithril it's true he does out of beskar <laughs> all nonsense words dang ferric <laughs> this is wizard wizard oh my god i hated that yeah uh, come on did you not see did you fall asleep who said wizard the Mandalorian, when he gets back from hit, flying his little Naboo star cruiser, Oh, yes. It's like, how was it? Wizard. I'm like, boo, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring that back. Uh, like, you can't redeem everything. I do love the callback to the two the two uh, space cops. Hey, <laughs> did you used to fly the Falcon Crest? Your voice sounds awfully familiar. Look in the mirror, like the window and see a guy in the fucking shiny helmet. You <laughs> I like how know. he just like, turns, like, let's see you. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that was that, was that guy. He's got, he takes off and is... Takes off in his like under light speed engines, and the guy's like, "Who report this?" Like, do you want to do paperwork all day? It's like, how often do you think this happens in real life? Also, for me, that was like such a downgrade. That woman's back, like fixing the sh- ship, and she's like, "Hey, you used to have a ship where you like could really mosey around. Now it's just this like one." <laughs> It's basically going from, hey, you had a bus. Well, now you have a gremlin. No, or not even a bus. You had an RV. You had a place to sleep. You had room. Now you only have one seat. They even She even took away your droid pod because you got to make room for Grogu and have him in the little seat behind you. I guess we'll see what happens with that. It was like, oh, I want to go see my little friend. Yeah. But like what? what that did not drive the story of Boba Fett forward any. And no, it was all Mandalorian stuff. And I don't know, whatever. It reminded me how much I love The Mandalorian. It was a good show. <laughs> the, I, he gets excommunicated <laughs> from the Mandalorian group. 
But he gets to keep the Darksaber? I don't understand that. I don't know. I haven't watched all Clone Wars yet. Working my way through it. Okay. I'm in season four or Well, no, she said the armorer says, uh, yeah, you're no longer a Mandalorian. Yeah, I know. Ex- you know. But, but their whole backstory. He's like, this sword is very heavy. I'm like, I don't know. It feels like it'd probably be like the lightest thing in the world. Yeah, probably but just you can't hand. fight the sword. Like, the sword has a mind of its own. Yeah, whatever. The wizard chooses the wand, Harry. <laughs> I was sad that he didn't immediately melt his little spear. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's like... Offers it up to her, like, here, you may have it. He also, like, slaughters those people in that slaughterhouse. Like, cuts them in half multiple times. I didn't like that set, because that looked too... Uh, of earthy this world like yep that's how it looks when you walk into any kind of refrigerated area it's true you have this plastic strip do you think they approach pedro pascal and they're like hey we need you to fill in for like a episode or three for boba fett so it's pretty much gonna be a mandalorian story would you mind doing that for us i don't think he has any issue doing this ever because he's not doing the physical body so all he has to do no he does have you not seen set photos he does the physical body no it's like clint eastwood's kid or something is it yeah oh i thought he did this but he comes in for like the ones where he has to take his helmet off yeah i thought he actually did the actual no it's one of clint eastwood's kids i'm gonna google this he just does the voice so yeah they pay him a lot of money he says some stuff and then he leaves it's an afternoon he can do this in cargo shorts uh let's see you don't need to fill space because it just gets edited out except the silence while you do this pedro pascal physically played the mandalorian much more in season two. Oh well i guess i'll be damned right there yeah he didn't really spend a lot of time in the suit in season one not that i doubted you but clearly i doubted you <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> sorry about that forgive me <laughs> i don't know i just looked at my notes because i watched the show and didn't take any <laughs> Like, let me check what I've written down. R5-D4 is back, baby. Oh, yep. True. Also back. Which I think there was some kind of expanded, like, maybe in the old canon where it was like like a Jedi ghost was inside of him or something. It happens. Not looking. <laughs> yeah, that one you don't look up. No. But no. he's back, baby. Because you can do anything with the Force, man. The Force is pliable. They got all these locations. Oh, we saw a Womp Rat finally. Oh, we did see a Womp Rat. We had Beggar's Canyon again. Yeah, all kinds of shit. All that Tatooine stuff. All the Tatooine. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the book of Boba Fett, or I guess it does. At the end when it's like, yeah, Boba Fett would like to hire you to be some muscle. I'll do this job on the house, but first I have to go visit a little. So it's just like setting up. Or do we, are we going to get Grogu in book of Boba Fett? Maybe. Who knows? Does Boba Fett have an issue with a Yoda? We don't know. Boba Fett has issues with a lot of people. A lot of people have issues with Boba Fett. I thought he just wanted to have a bunch of meetings. I a felt, series of meetings. <laughs> that's really the book of Boba Fett is a ledger. Yeah, it's a guest book. It's, who's, it's, no, who's, it's an appointment book. It really, the yeah, the appointment book of Boba Fett. They left the appointment part out. It's in fine print. It's a like, I was gonna say word a day calendar. <laughs> Pretty much. But <laughs> all it ever says is, your, "I am Boba Fett." Your four o'clock with the spice manners of Kessel has been moved back. Your back to your back to bath will also happen at three thirty now. Yeah, for an episode of The Mandalorian, I enjoyed it. Exactly. What it did for the book of Boba Fett remains to be seen. It will be really interesting if they really don't bring back Din Djarin, the rest of this. I mean, they just know at this point, like, you're watching all of this shit. It's just, you're you're eating up every episode. You're there for all of it. We know you've seen all The Mandalorian. You watch it. You watch it again. I will. Okay. I will watch it. All right, fine. I will watch it. That's how you keep on... Get me to give you that money, Disney. Pay me. You you give me stuff I like. I'll just I guess I'll give you money. Pay me, rabbit ears. I mean, mouse ears. Oh, they could have rabbits too. I mean, that's just 
old TV term. Well, true. And they had Br'er Rabbit. That was a character in the Disney world. Yeah, don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about Song of the South. All right, we're going to move on from there to this week. Which video. was only one of the most popular rides at Disney until they changed the theme of it. Zippity-doo-dah, we're moving on. Used to be Splash Mountain. Well, it still is Splash Mountain, but I can't remember what the theme is now. We're moving on to this week in video game history. Why does I get a bell? Uh, I'm just warming it up. Why haven't I taken this bell away from you? You've had five years. That's what I want to know. Superhero landing coming up. This week in video game history. Got a quiz for you. Okay, I'm ready. My soul is prepared. 1994, Son of the Hedgehog 3 came out. Okay. Who has been the long-rumored composer of that game? By the way, all the Sonic games are the same to me. The long-rumored composer? Yeah, for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Uh, I don't think ever can... I don't know if it's been confirmed, but it's heavily believed. I don't know. If not confirmed. Michael Jackson. Really? For the music in it? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I meant by composer. Okay. Yeah. Michael Jackson had a video game, Moonwalker. I'm Yes, I'm aware of the game. Where you rescue the children with the power of the moonwalk. Anyway. I think there was a crotch grab in there, too. In 1999, the quiz is done. Okay. <laughs> you get no more quiz. 1999, Castlevania 64 came out. Ah. One of the best series of all time, at least like on the, well, mostly the Super Nintendo one. Castlevania 4, amazing. One through uh, three on the NES, like challenging but fun games. Castlevania 64, unplayable. <laughs> Castlevania is a weird series. It started off so strong, and now it's just like kind of like weird and emo and bad. The Castlevania does those things. 2000, also on the Nintendo 64, Mario Party 2 came out. Oh, Mario Party. That's a good, yeah, classic. But I will admit this. It's one of the reasons I wrote this down. I have never played Mario Party. You've never played a Mario Party game? Not once. Probably because it's too game showy for you. <laughs> They're going to say like, well, you need friends for it. That's also true. <laughs> Well, I mean, you have three. You have three friends. I have enough friends to play Mario Party. Like three and a half friends. Who's the half? Amy. She's not a half. No, you're right. Four friends. Okay, great. I can throw Amy under the bus. Oh, uh, Mike's shorter than her, so Mike would be the half friend. <laughs> okay, great. So it's two and a half men style. It's based on height. It's like three men and a baby. <laughs> yeah, I've never played a Mario Party game, but Mario Party Two came out. Good for it. 2011, following up the red hot success of the first game. Dead Space 2 came out. Oh, and more it, Dead Space. It wasn't quite as good. Yeah, I don't know. I'd never played Dead Space. But so. first, I, I haven't played the third one yet. I have it upstairs. But the first one was amazing. There was a really like boring rail shooter, I think, on the Wii. There was Dead Space 2. It was like more Dead Space, but rushed and not as good. Well, we can't have that. And Dead Space 3, which I haven't played yet. I will, though. And then in 2017, speaking of series that I've played other games for, but haven't played this one, Resident Evil 7 Village. Ah, zombies. Yeah, there's more. I don't know. I like. I I generally enjoy the Resident Evil series. I have not played seven. Um, if I wonder if this is true, or if it would be like it's probably like Mario and Zelda in reality, like the early ones. But like, but what games have been remade the most? Resident Evil has to be right up there with like mm. just constant remakes. Like, hey, do you want to play Resident Evil one again? Remastered, remastered, remastered. Speaking well, we got it for you, baby. Spe- uh, spooky, jumpy video games. Did you ever play Amnesia? No, I'm aware that was on GameCube, right? I I think so. It was on PC, I think. Where you like descent into darkness? Are you trying to like? Uh, you can find like reaction videos of like something creepy is following you around this haunted house. You don't remember anything? No, I definitely have not played this. Did you play Slenderman ever? The Slenderman game? No, I didn't. It it was so fatty. I didn't care. We did it one night in the basement at camp with the projector and I had all the lights off and they had the big speaker set up. People were crying. It was hilarious. Scare children. I'll scare you. 
Sure. Ooh, booberry. <laughs> Like, this is your mortgage. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Adulting! Bills! What's the excise tax on this new car? Ah! <laughs> exactly. I need to do what? <laughs> Septic problems? Leaking walls? Huh, not yet. Been there, done that, never again. All right, that is it for this week in video game history. So, from having a Mario party to a Super Bowl party, it's time for Jared's Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. A couple weeks on the, uh, couple weeks early on the Super I, Party. You know there, what? Chief. No. It's, I know, but it's what I had. Let me say from Michael Jackson to not Antonio Brown. Just unpleasant. Oh, he's people. suing the shit out of the Buccaneers. Is he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the uh, sports reports. What an amazing weekend. Probably everyone's everyone who's talking about it, and a lot of people are, even like this is the time of year where non football people who don't watch it every week, they start to cut it. This is like what I call water cooler season, because there's stuff to talk about. As bad as wildcard weekend was, divisional weekend was off the charts. All four games ended on the final play. There's a score on the final play, and each game got progressively better than the last. I guess it depends on what side you're watching it from. That's a good point. As a neutral party, how we live in Bill's nation, Bill's mafia. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What a great weekend of games. It started with the Bengals and their big win over the Titans. So the Titans, both number one seeds fell. Then you had just unbelievable miscues in Green Bay by the special teams units to allow a block punt for a touchdown and then only have 10 people on the field for the game-winning field goal attempt by San Francisco made it in the snow. We may have seen the last professional game in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. Highly likely. He even said so after the game that he really, you know, they have to have some strong conversations. He does not want to be part of a rebuild. Then on Sunday, you get Tom Brady coming back down 27 to three, ties the game up. And And then the Rams, the Rams come back to win the game on a game winning field goal. Matt Stafford hitting Cooper Cup. I mean, Matt Stafford, who just spent, you know, toiled in obscurity and just got the ever-loving crap beat out of him in Detroit, has won two playoff games, is playing for a conference championship in the NFC, a conference where he barely sniffed the playoffs with the Lions, showing how good he is. But Tom Brady doing those vampire, mystical deal with Satan things that he's always done his entire career, where he brings teams back from the dead off of life support and doesn't win. A lot of strong indications that this could be the end of the line. He said some real cryptic things the last few days about next season, talking about how his wife can't stand watching him get hit. I think one of the telling lines was, it was on his podcast, his Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray, that it's not just his decision anymore. He has to make decisions based on his family's needs and wants. Have we seen the end of Tom Brady? Seems like it's stronger than ever. How long has it been around? Like 18 years? No, 22 years. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he's been in the league longer than some people. His his best trash talk sometimes, people say, is ask your dad about me. Uh, so who knows? And which also, in I mean, we'll get an answer sooner than later because free agency starts in late March or early April. So, I mean, we'll know before the spring is out whether Tom Brady's coming back or not, most likely. Rob Gronkowski might be done as well. Again? I think if Brady's done, Gronk is done. Again? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard this story before. And then in the unbelievable, and it was just a story of clock management, by the way. Like, 
the fact that Tampa even left time on the clock for the Rams to come down, like they almost like sometimes you hear it score too quick. You would think 13 seconds is not scoring too quick. Like that's just the Bills, Josh Allen, unbelievable playoff run, almost perfect through the playoffs. Him and Patrick Mahomes going punch for punch and like like some have seen like 30 some odd points were scored in the last two minutes of the game in regulation. Josh Allen takes the lead for the Bills on a strike. 13 seconds left, and the Bills inexplicably kick the ball into the end zone for a touchback. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, two passes, less than 13 seconds in field goal range, kick a field goal to tie it, and then win in overtime. People talking about maybe need to change the overtime rules. because Oh, the a lot of talk about that. Massive. Let me give you my fix for NFL overtime. The only thing you change... And you only change it for the playoffs because this is what the NHL does. They change in overtime in the NHL is five minutes because there is some consideration to the network TV windows. That's why they don't play a full quarter because that would take another 40 to 50, you know, 35 to 40 minutes. Here's what you do. In the NHL, they play a five minute overtime, a four on four. If not, then they go to the shootout in the regular season. In the postseason, they play 20 minute overtime periods until somebody scores a goal. Does not change fundamentally how the game is played. Right now, the NFL rules are whoever wins the coin toss gets to choose. If the team that gets possession first scores a touchdown or gives up a defensive touchdown, the game is over. If they kick a field goal, the other team has a chance. For the playoffs only, this is what I would do. Just guarantee that both teams get a possession. That's it. If it's tied after that, next team to score wins. That way, you you do guarantee the other offense a chance the other team a chance. Then it adds some strategy, right? So in college, they start at the 25-yard line and they alternate possessions. And most of the time, the team that wins the the flip in college will elect to play defense first. So then they kind of have an advantage. You get a stop, you know you just need a field goal. If that were the overtime, would we see more teams go on defense first, get the stop, and then go score? So it changes the strategy piece a little bit there as well. That's the only tweak you would need to make and have it only be for postseason. That way you could still have a tie in the regular season and both teams get a possession in the postseason. Just a small tweak for overtime in the postseason. That's it. That's all you would need to do. So now you've got your conference championship matchups. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Matt Stafford, the Niners, and the Rams in the NFC. And the AFC, fourth year as a starter, fourth straight AFC championship game for Patrick Mahomes. They take on the Cincinnati Bengals. First time there in forever. Joe Burrow. It's about like 31 years or something crazy. The last time the Bengals had won a playoff game, you couldn't text message anybody. Yeah, so it was like, oh, was it 30 something years ago? Yeah, but I don't think it's the last time they were in the AFC Championship. I think it's been longer than that. Last time the Bengals won the AFC Championship, they played the Niners in the Super Bowl and lost. So and that was with Montana. So you're talking back in the 80s. I have zero interest in any of these teams at this point. Like, I, I, I think I, it's I'm a, not. I'm not rooting for anyone. I'm not like. I don't feel like contentious about anyone. I was just. Like, oh, I'm gonna right. watch the games on Sunday after I'm done all the back back breaking work of cleaning up two feet of snow. But yeah, not kidding. Don't even get me started on that. I've been watching the weather models and being a nerd. I know you. You should have been a meteorologist. Should have been, but did you see? Have you ever seen some of the math you have to learn to be a meteorologist? No, I have not kept up with meteor meteorological math. Uh, let's see. No, I don't care. This isn't a let's see. This is sports, not weather wonder. Yeah, do you want to learn those things? Because I don't want to learn those things. It's like the damn Zodiac Killer. Anyway, Celtics are doing okay for a 500 team. No, above 500, shut up. By how much? One. One game above 500. Yeah. Okay, so they're... Hey, they were up by 60 last night against Kings. 
and had a blowout against Washington, had a terrible game against Portland, and just awful sluggish, which has been weird. Like, the best games to watch are competitive games, so, like, watching the game against Portland was awful because it was just, like, bad and terrible, and then watching them, like, totally blow out Washington and totally blow out the Kings are also not that interesting because they were just such huge blowout wins. Yeah. It's either they blow a team out or they blow a big lead and lose. Yeah. There's no middle ground with this team. I don't know. It's one of it's they're hard to talk about right now because everyone is healthy again, but also there is a lot, a lot of um trade deadline rumors that's coming up in like two and a half weeks or something. It's February tenth. Like Marcus Smart just became eligible to be traded and like the game before he was eligible, he was like going around to every single player. He's like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Like, you, uh, like this feels like Marcus th- feels like he's on the way out. Do you think now, like the fact that the Celtics are kind of like, yeah, they have these flashes of brilliance. Do you think they're buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? Yeah, they're having some really good games, but they're still 500. Like, do you think they're starting to figure it um, out? Tatum has two 50 point games this season. Like, do you go out and you get Tatum the extra piece that he needs? I and this talk has kind of died away. I think it all kind of comes down to what is Bradley Beal doing? Like if the if the Wizards are going to trade him, which now is looking possible, but because f- he's going to free agency, I feel like they want to get themselves underneath the cap and then want to try and pursue Bradley Beal. So I don't know what that looks like fully. I feel like Schroeder is definitely gone because he's on that expiring contract that someone will hopefully want to pick up. Because so, so your your general feeling here is that. I still feel like it might just be like a, there's all these rumors about them being very active at the trade deadline, but I still, my guess is holding off until the off season so they can make a big move in the off season. So I think it's their main goal is to get underneath. So you think that they're going to kind of, so you're saying that they might be sellers here and get themselves under the cap and kind of write the season off. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably my... Again, I could be totally wrong. It's also one of those things, there's so many rumors and they don't necessarily mean anything. Like, how far away do you think this team is from being a team that can make a competitive run? I I think the push is next year, and I think if it doesn't work by next year's trade deadline, they blow it up. I mean, Tatum is becoming a... I mean, not that he wasn't already, but he's like superstar now. It's also one of those things, like, with all, like, the fan voting, like, send Jalen Brown back to the All-Star game, but I don't think they actually want him to make the All-Star game, because if he does it, then he gets extra incentives that might push them over. Oh, you mean like how Tom Brady wouldn't come out of the game to throw one more pass to Gronk, so he got a million bucks? Yeah. Also, you're going to see a lot of the ways that those incentives are structured, which is like, that's where the bulk of the money is in NFL contracts, is incentives. And it's also weird because... There's um, less there's less guaranteed money than you think. It's not this year. I think it's the year after, like, when the new TV contracts come out and, like, what's going to be, like, max contracts are going to explode out even further, like, in a big way. So, I don't know. There's a lot of money out there, and none of it's in my pocket. I, feel, I don't know. Despite all the rumors, I feel like they will make some moves, but I think they won't be game-changing moves i'm not expecting the celtics to be much more than a 500 team by the time the playoffs roll around just so they can make their push for next Speaking year of things that are exploding you know what's humbling a four-figure credit card bill that's humbling man okay just saying i was thinking about other things that scare you when they accuse your mortgage i'm like got my credit card bill today that scared me <laughs> I mean, there's other stuff going around. Like, what's I'm so sick of the Ben Simmons talk. Like, there's talk about like Harden, like maybe going to Philly, and there's all these other guys that are up. Philly. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is such a weird part of the season where you're just kind of like waiting for like one of the dominoes start falling because they're going to happen like all at once. Yeah, I mean, and, they, and they haven't quite it, happened. Do you yet. think it's going to be like a game of um, going to be a game of chicken where like you wait for the first team to blink and then everything happens? 
I think it's once the first deal gets made that like like I feel like everyone has like eight possible deals and until like the first like real one happens. That's like, okay, well we had all these different plans, but now it's like that eliminates like this path, so now we have to go down this path. And I feel like everyone's just kind of yeah. in this holding pattern right now. I don't know, the way Marcus Smart has been acting, and even the way he's played his last couple of games, I feel like Smart's on his way out. I feel like Schroeder's on his way out. Schroeder definitely. But I don't know. We'll see. That's enough of that. All right. All right. Spider Man's big right now. Yes, he is. Might have heard, like, sixth biggest movie of all time. Wow. Yeah, it's up there. Keeps on climbing. Imagine if this wasn't even during a pandemic, how much more money this movie would have made. And this movie has made... Tons. (laughs) Literally, like, number, like, six internationally of all time or something. It's still doing well for itself. Yeah. If it... if it wasn't a pandemic, would this be the biggest movie of all time? It might be. Possibly. It's up there. So we're going to talk some Spider-Man this week, because Spider-Man is hot and spicy. I don't know if I like that. Hot, um, hot and spicy. Okay. It's Jared's Raining Corner. So we're going to talk relatively beloved Spider-Man comic from at least one kind of problematic guy and another one. We're doing Spider-Man Blue. You have the, you seem to have these relationships with problematic people. Uh, never be a fan of anything because no matter what, someone will ruin it. It's fair. <laughs> At least like in a day like where things like, like oh, this person said this or they did this. Everything that you love has been tainted in some way. Yep. Yeah. But then it goes back to the, do you love the art or the artist? That's a personal question for everyone. But all, all right, right. There we go. We're talking Spider-Man Blue. This was written by Jeff Loeb, uh, who has some problematic views on asian characters all right well let's we're we're gonna talk about the, the book we're not gonna talk about the person in, in the community and i don't know and tim sale his a uh, constant artist collaborator they did a series with marvel of doing uh, four different books they were all color related there was daredevil yellow which was like the early days of daredevil which was a pretty straightforward retelling of early daredevil issues then they did spider-man blue I should also backtrack quickly and say, like, all these books are about grief and loss in some way, and it, like a character, like, kind of recounting their relationship. So, Daredevil Yellow is all uh, came out uh, shortly after Kevin Smith's run, and it's all about like um, mourning Karen Page. Spider-Man Blue comes out. It's uh, Spider-Man talking about Gwen Stacy. Hulk Gray comes out. It's all about him when the character was gray before he got turned green and he was talking about betty ross and so those ones are all romantic and then captain america white happens that's all about captain america's um losing bucky so i mean it's still someone that like he loved but like the first one that wasn't like a romantic like a best friend yeah but all books about um loss and grief and for as much as uh, like jeff Loeb has like issues with like asian people like he's also dealt with some very significant loss in his life it's like 2006 2007 um his son passed away mm-hmm. so he and he's a guy who's dealt with a very big personal loss and it's kind of what these books revolve around and they are captain america white a little bit less and even hulk gray but daredevil yellow especially and a little bit spider-man blue are essential retellings of early runs of those characters and just kind of you know picking and choosing different elements to bring in to give you a modern retelling which isn't a bad thing not everyone likes to read a silver age book because like it uh, whether it's like art or they like stilted dialogue i mean especially with like a spider-man like stanley like writing teenagers is mm, i'm getting teeth getting pulled like mm, ah, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's the steve buscemi hello there troop hi fellow kids <laughs> yeah it's that that's stanley writing teenagers <laughs> Oh, here's the cool words. I'm just going to find a way to put them in a sentence. Especially like in the early days, like you'd put a hyphen between like teen and ager. Teenagers. Mm, Yes. But stuff like that. Tim Sale, one of my favorite artists out there. But all that being said, hey, 
This is Jared's reading corner. What the hell happened? Spider-Man's blue. <laughs> He's sad. die. So the premise here is Spider-Man is recording messages to a long-deceased Gwen Stacy. He's kind of starts off with him on top of the Brooklyn Bridge, leaving a, a rose up there. Is that not where she died? Yeah. Okay, just making sure I had my facts straight. At the hands of the Green Goblin, correct? Yep. So this kind of goes back in time and... um. I still was trying to figure out like his interaction with the Green Goblin was that in the beginning of the book, the first book was that before or after he killed Gwen because then Norman had his amnesia and forgot he was the Green Goblin. Oh, that was before. Okay, so yeah, yeah. As you may have seen in some Spider-Man media, he figures out who Peter Parker is, and then he gets amnesia, and Peter's like, "Cool, I guess this problem solved." But he gets amnesia after Peter knocks him out in a fiery building. Yeah. As you do. Yes. And he then he gives credit to Norman Osborn for saving the day and defeating the Green Goblin. But each of these is kind of a retelling of the early, some of the earlier Spider-Man stuff. And we have Peter Parker in each edition. It's kind of his interactions with Gwen and then Mary Jane, who shows up with the classic, let's face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot page. But it's a lot of Peter trying to figure out if he, you know, his relationship with Gwen but in every episode, we get one of his cast of villains. We've got the, a fight with Green Goblin, a fight with Rhino, a fight with Vulture, a fight with Lizard. Craven's in there. Craven's in there. So Craven's in the last one, and we come to find out through all this, Peter trying to you know figure his way out. Is he going to live in the city? His relationship with Aunt May. But the overarching story is that these have all been tasks and challenges set up by Craven. So the premise here is craven the hunter i almost said craven the man hunter but craven the hunter set up these conflicts with Boy hunter yes set up these conflicts with the goblin the lizard uh vulture who vulture was in prison and somebody tries to fake a heart attack on him and then brings him back to life we have two vultures fighting yeah that that's a a weird thing yeah at one point um the vulture like dies and then he just comes back he's like i wasn't dead at all like there's zero explanation for it yeah I wrote an article years ago. It was like top 10 interesting vulture facts. And I ran out about interesting vulture facts by about seven. I'm like, I'm like, I've overcommitted to this bit. But one of them I wrote was like, he died. And then they just don't explain it. Just yeah, done. He was here and then he's gone. Yeah. But, uh, and that's when I learned the vulture wasn't that interesting of a character because I was really struggling to find <laughs> like 10 interesting vulture facts. Did you pitch that story or was it told or was it pitched to you? Like, I think I pitched it and then I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this isn't that interesting of a character. It's like, what can I do that would make a splash? How about the vulture? It was like when Spider-Man Homecoming was coming out. That's, oh, that's okay, why I was yeah, writing all it. All right, yeah. 10 <laughs> things you didn't know about the vulture in seven facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember there were, I think there were three of them. Like I am, I am uh, really scraping put, the barrel. Yeah, pushing the limit of what counts as interesting. Yeah, and I remember getting compliments on that article too. People were like that oh, was well written. Like that one sucked, and I hated it. Yeah. So yeah. So pretty much, it's Peter the whole time recanting and and retalking about his relationships with Gwen and Mary Jane, how he meets them, moving into the city. Interactions with Flash, Flash is saving Flash, and Flash going into the army because Flash robbed a bank. It looked like what I love about and this do, this book does do a very good job of recreating like those early '60s issues. And I think I've said this before, but like these early Spider-Man issues, like ones that are kind of like after it kind of gets going, like the cast of characters is introduced, is how much of a male fantasy 
book Spider-Man is. And this book does a good job of, I think, recreating that uh, Peter Parker, kind of unlikable. Big big penthouse apartment with pool table. Harry Osborn just throwing drink parties all the time. And he just has two, like, supermodel gorgeous women fighting over this, like, reclusive nerd i wish that were my life unabashedly and mary jane is so horny in this i wouldn't say i'm a reclusive nerd i'm just a nerd (laughs) mary jane is as horny as can be and it's just like and these are women who have like literal like modeling careers and it's just like oh yeah you know you know how that goes hey i mean as the great scientist egon spangler once went I think it's my epididymis. But I mean, Spider-Man would change over time. But those early ones, I don't think people talk about that as much as they should. Like how just much of it, like a male fantasy. And, it and is. Like, like how unsufferable Peter can be at times. And he's just like dating both of them, and they're all and they're just like, in bed, sick, getting chicken soup from Mary Jane, and then they're being catty to one another. He's like, yeah, yeah fight over me. Yeah. Yeah, and then Flash is like, but I score touchdown. Oh, what is one thing about when I when I'm off the field, my helmet always gets stored. That line was cringy. Yeah, riding around on a motorcycle, like I like it hard oh, yeah. and fast. He's gonna buy a, <laughs> he buys a motorcycle. Uh, it yeah, early like Peter Parker is very unlikable early on, and also well, with great power comes great responsibility. Apparently, it's dating um, two and possibly gorgeous women at the same time who want to fight over you, despite you kind of sucking. Yeah, and. Also trying to maintain your superhero status and keep it from them. So there's that. For as much as I'm kind of like making fun of like spider, like those like Silver Age Spider-Mans. And this does capture it very well. I think the end, I think it really sticks the landing. Probably like talking about like these, like this series of four different books. I think this one really sticks the landing. I like the, like Peter's recording this for Gwen, which is almost kind of silly now. Like the idea of like someone sitting down with a tape recorder. Yeah. I think the other piece to that is like no, fine. It, I, it's, I don't need to make my point. Oh, sorry. Finish. But I, the way the book ends is like Peter's going through all this. He's recounting everything and like you know a, a love that never got to like be fully realized. And I like that Mary Jane comes in and she's been listening. She just goes, "Oh, say hi to Gwen for me." And yeah. I thought that was really sweet. that was really sweet. Yeah. That so I think it really um it's I like this series overall, but I feel like the, they really stuck the landing on it with that. I like how they didn't like go back and replay the whole like when Gwen dies. It's just like his it, it lays out the premise of Spider-Man at the beginning where he says like, you know, he just wants a little bit of good. He feels like anytime anything good happens, it's because of something bad and like he never gets enough good to balance out the like the yin and yang is off in Peter's life. Yeah, and there's um if that makes sense. A big aspect cuz he is narrating all of this, there is a big aspect of survivor's guilt. Oh yeah. But at the end like it uh where is that line in the beginning where he talks about Oh yeah, I guess when you look at the way my life turned out so far you can say it's the only way uh, it's about the only way you can look at it. Good follows bad, kind of amazing. But like even before that is um I've come to believe that you have to get really Things have to get really, really bad before they can get good. Not even really good, although I wouldn't mind some of that. Like, that just lays out Spider-Man, like Peter Parker. He'd like to have something good in his life, but he never really can have anything good, no matter how bad it gets. Yeah, it's, I mean, Spider-Man is a tragedy. That's yeah the way the story goes. He's also jacked in this opening. You know, I like how they, the, they use blue for all of his talk bubbles when he's recording mm-hmm. like it, it throws his mood down i like the color there yeah this series does a good job with color overall like in the hulk gray one like um it's him talking to his therapist doc samson and it's all like they're talking about black and white and like things being black and white and then like you'll see like these flashes of like green eyes and stuff it's it's a an effective book with the use of color yes 
I think the um, the other piece to all this too is he's like really reflective on what his co- the cost of being Spider-Man has been. Like there's a lot of if I had spent less time fighting villains and more time focusing, like he really is reflective on like the cost of being Spider-Man and weighing out the cost the cost benefit analysis of it. Yeah. It's a pretty well regarded story and I think it's worth I think it's worth checking out. Yeah. No, it's it also, you know, for if you're not deep into Spider-Man lore, you get some flashbacks. It's catches you up. It's got enough mix of new art and silver age art into it like with harry's hair in this yeah the waves the waves super cringy but still super there the worst hair you could have wavy not good yeah for a comic book character also mary jane and um gwen love to party they do we like we like to party yes all right we're gonna move over there to letters to the editors now for my favorite part of the show what i say talk to the audience Oh, God, this is always death. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. If you have your own questions, you can get them answered here. Live. Live on air. Yes. In this basement. In the ether. <laughs> on the internet to live in all time and all perpetuity. You get, I mean, once I shut the website down, then it just disappears. <laughs> no, like once it's on the internet, it's on the internet forever. I don't think that's how that works, especially since I'm the guy who controls its source. Well, that's fair. I guess. Well, anyway, moving on. Uh, if you want to ask us your own questions, you can send those into editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. I'm listening. This week's question. Which you didn't share in advance. At this point, I'm doing it on purpose. Okay. Uh, what are some of your least favorite movies? Hmm. I feel like there needs to be a, like a quantitative statement to that. Like, Well, I could say the stuff that I like the least usually is a mediocre sequel that takes away from the first one. Like, oh, you've tainted this. Like, there's some abjectly bad movies but it's like i wonder is the question like least favorite movies like movies that you were excited for that like not so much or just like movies uh, you don't like i was thinking it more in that direction like movies that you were excited for but then i know i was just saying thinking of movies i don't like like because i i know what my go-to answer is for this i don't know if i've because i feel like there's a difference before. between like watching a bad movie of the show and like that wouldn't those i don't think go on the list I think the movie I found the most frustrating for just being like, I think the shittiest movie I've ever seen, written by J.J. Abrams, I believe. Gone Fishing. Huh. Have you seen Gone Fishing? I have not. (laughs) Good. Joe Pesci and... Oh, no. Oh, I think I've heard of it. Oh, I am blanking on the name. heard of it, though. The other half of Lethal Weapon. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Yes. Joe Pesci and Danny Glover. And should I let you watch the trailer? I don't don't want to process it into the show. No. It is the worst... The 90s had to offer. The 90s also gave us stuff like Encino Man and... Stop or my mom will shoot. Or Three <laughs> three Ninjas. Three Ninjas. Oh, okay. now we're talking. Those those are bad. But I truly think the worst movie I've ever seen is Gone Fishing. I've only seen it once. And I was like maybe 13 or 14 at the time. And I refuse to confirm that it's the worst movie I've ever seen. But it was infuriating. Uh... I think J.J. Abrams wrote it. If he didn't, I'll cut it out. But it was... I'm not looking up if he wrote it or not. Just looking up Gone Fishing? No, I'm thinking about some of the worst movies of the 90s, trying to think back. <laughs> oh, of... that's just me, the 90s. Hook, Hook is on that list. I don't like that. Hook's a great movie. I don't mind Hook. Uh, I'm just trying to remind myself of some movies. Waterworld, that was tough to watch. Yeah, that, that was talking about a lot. Uh, Bio, Biodome, movie. Batman and Robin, those are bad movies. Those are at least favorite movies. Home Alone 3. Kind of like, like you would think that would be good. All of the Terminator movies make me angry after the first two, and I've seen them all. 
Oh, you know what movie really sucked from a couple of years ago that like horrendously bad for a series that I generally like? The new Predator movie that Shane Black did. God awful. Just one of those like every decision you made was the wrong decision kind of movies. Yeah. Guilty pleasure movie, I would say. It was like some people pan it. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. A lot of people pan that movie because Kevin Costner doesn't use British very, accent. That's very cool. Yeah, but it's enjoyable. I like that movie. Oh, Deep Blue Sea. Will they eat... Uh, See, I I saw it on cable once, so I don't... There's plenty of movies I, I associate negative feelings with. Ten Things I Hate About You. Yep, there it is. <laughs> I knew it was coming. You know what's an, another frustrating movie? Like, I, like, I'll watch it, but I'm not like... Vegas Vacation. No idea what this is. It was a sequel to Christmas Vacation, still with... Oh, okay. Like, that's a movie, like, it had so much hype around it. It was just like, it was trying too hard to be, like, Christmas Vacation was lightning in a bottle. And, like, Vegas Vacation was just like... Yeah, I, I haven't seen the other ones. Yeah, no. I mean, so I would say, like, the original Vacation and European Vacation, those are good. Christmas Vacation. Vegas Vacation was just kind of like, eh, eh. The Transformers movie make, makes me angry. And I, saw, mm. I saw the first four, I think. I don't know why I kept on going back, but those make me angry. So I think there's going to be a difference between movies I hate and just don't like. I watch them like, that was a waste of time. and like eh. Whatever the answer is, it's gone fishing. I, from that movie I haven't seen in like 20 years. It made me that angry. Turtles 3? I didn't. When I was a kid, it didn't, it's one of those ones that, well, like, with age bothers you. It's like, but when I was, like, you know, 1993, I didn't care. Like Air Bud? <laughs> Never saw it. Can't yeah. speak to it. <laughs> I just know that one line. Oh, yeah. I, I've forgotten it. But. It's like, there's no rules saying that a dog can't play basketball or whatever it is. Yeah. I think I make it a point to try not to watch bad movies, too, unless it's for the show. The 90s were rough, though. The, yeah, there was some stuff in the 90s that was just like, nope, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I have a vague memory of a kid's movie about, like, kangaroos that knew, like, karate and mysticism. What the fuck? How about any of those Dean Kane movies that are on IMDb that people pan? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen them, so I can't speak to it. Me either. I'm going to look up the kangaroos, though. Like mystical kangaroos or something. I feel like it was like a Ninja Turtles ripoff. Uh, let's see. Warriors of Virtue? That's it. That looks horrible. <laughs> That's it. You've got five kangaroos with some weird ears. They all have different colors. What in the hell is this? <laughs> what the flip? 93% like this movie, according to Google users. 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. 4 out of 10 on IMDb. What is this? All these numbers check out. A young boy is whisked away to become uh, to the mythical land of Tao, where he becomes the center of a conflict between an evil lord and a group of animal warriors. Why do I feel like this is going to be show fodder? No, I'm not rewatching it. Like, I'm, I'm not rewatching that. I'm not rewatching Gone Fishing. Angus McFadden is in it. He played Robert the Bruce in Braveheart. Like, that's a legitimate actor. <laughs> oh, Warriors you know what other one? You. Mystery Men. Mystery Men's awesome. Yeah, actually, you're right. Fuck that. I love that movie. Wow. This is unreal that this is a thing. You're doing a deep dive on Warriors of Virtue? Oh, I don't want to add a review. I just want to see. There's only 40, 40 user reviews, and now I just want one one-star review of this movie. An embarrassment to kangaroos. Worse than Kangaroo Jack. Marsupials of tedium. I punish my kids by making them watch this film. Wow. All right. There you go. All right. There we go. The answer is gone fishing. Oh, Spy Kids. My kids were acting like little monsters, so I was going to have them sit down and watch Spy Kids, but our DVD player isn't working, so I turned on the VCR and made them watch a video from my best friend's VHS collection. I never saw this movie before, and neither did my kids. It took about 20 minutes before the kids realized 
how bad this truly this movie truly was i said fine don't watch but they were acting up again so i sat them on the couch and told them they were going to watch the movie till dinner was ready <laughs> let's just say from now on when i really want to punish them i put them in the basement and make them watch this movie my kids have never been so well behaved all right we're done we're done here all right well we took some tangents started with muffins ended with marsupials it's the M&M show. If you enjoy the show, go to patreon.com slash editors no comics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it, and you get quality content like muffins and marsupials. That should be the title of this show. No, because it doesn't. It won't drive anyone here. I think the curiosity factor would be through the roof, actually. No, no yes. it definitely has to say Spider-Man Blue and Book of Boba Fett and, and then, Peacemaker. This title's getting long. Sub And then subtitle, Muffins and Marsupials. No. Uh, anyway, you get that. Plus, some, a show works. Plus some other stuff behind the paywall as well. We haven't talked about this in a while. Defend my muffin honor by rate, review, and subscribing on this show. Uh, throw us some. Uh, what do you think of the show? What could be better? Zach needs to watch some game shows, perhaps, or more muffin talk. All that stuff. Please Less rate, review, and talk. subscribe. Uh, and you can find Zach on the social media on Twitter at Editors Note Comics. Yeah, sometimes I'm there. You're there too. I am at Junior Rich. Uh, next week, I think I had promised a bad Spider-Man book, but I think I just want to keep on rolling with comics. Okay. Better, Warriors better of Virtue? Comics. No, we're not watching <laughs> War. I'm not going to watch Warriors of Virtue again. I haven't seen it since the 90s, and I'm not going back. If you had to choose between watching Warriors of Virtue or Gone Fishing. Warriors of Virtue. <laughs> I would shoot that shit into my veins over watching Gone Fishing again. All right, there we go. You heard I- it here first. <laughs> All right, we'll be back.